And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. Welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me as always is my taxid sidekicks ben needenthal he chose that one i did it mean it's the other way of saying taxed which means i'm ta- i'm a taxed person we're talking about taxes today ladies and gentlemen hi <laughs> kind of <laughs> hi everybody how's it going i'm ben uh we had such yeah. a wonderful response to amy heck we, really we have did. asked her back to join us today so amy Welcome. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> Amy, just a reminder, is with Romine CPAs. She is a CPA. She can handle all of your taxes, but that's not what we're talking about today. Yes. Wait, what? Okay. Okay. I misunderstood the thing then. Okay. Now he's confused. Yes. That happens a lot on this show. <laughs> all right. There have been a lot of changes in the law lately, and there are more coming. And specifically with minimum wage and the Department of Labor. Okay. And there's a lot of confusion, and it's affecting both individuals and small businesses. So we thought we'd talk about that today. Is this sort of the fight for 15 thing? Is that, or that's a different thing? That's a different thing. Okay. Never mind. No, this is a different thing. thing. Okay. All right. So (laughs) what's the big change coming December 1st, 2016, Amy? The big change affecting businesses and individuals are white collar workers are now going that that have a salary are now required to be paid more. Right. Or they have to be paid overtime. Okay. So up until December 1st, if you are a salaried employee making 23660? Yes. A year. You are they do not have to pay you overtime. Oh, so they can just work you to death. Yes. Wow. Oh. That's not very much money. No. No. Doesn't sound fun either. No. So at twenty three now that I'm twenty three thousand? That's it's that's the number? Like that hold on. That that's what it currently is. Yes. Mm. So no at twenty three six sixty over we'll say fifty weeks divided by forty hours. That's only a, only eleven dollars and eighty three cents an hour if, if you take two weeks vacation. Yikes. Okay, so that's not very much money. No. But they could work you to death until December first. Yes. In theory. As of December first, you have to make forty seven thousand four seventy six, or they have to pay you overtime. Okay. Wow. That's a big jump. That's, that's a huge. That's like double. twice as much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how's that affecting businesses? See that math? I've been working on my math since last episode. (laughs) That's affecting business owners because for those employees that are under that threshold, you either have to pay them time and a half for their overtime or you have to bump up their salary to that amount or limit their hours. Or you could do a combination of both. Okay, so this is not just people at 23,660. You could be at 37 mm. or 40 yeah. or 42. And if you're in the 40 range, it looks like it would make sense to bump up the yes. salary because yeah. if not, you're paying overtime and that's time and a half and that's complicated. You have to keep track of hours. 
Yeah. Most salaried positions don't keep track of hours. Yeah. So, okay, that that's a concern. Yes. So, um, it's either going to cost you more from raising salaries, cost you more for tracking those hours, or um, paying overtime. Because, I mean, or limiting hours. You'd have to watch everybody's hours like a hawk. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, I just bumped the microphone. Damn it, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I have a friend who's a paralegal, and he's at a new job. He has to text. There's a group text every day, and every employee has to text when they get in, when they go to lunch, when they leave, and every time they go to go to the bathroom, and when they come back. It's a text to the entire office, basically. Huh. And I think it's because of this law, because they're paying them under the 47,476, hmm. and they are absolutely not allowed to go above 40 hours. That's crazy. That seems like some crazy micromanagement. Yeah. Is this yes. what people are doing yeah. for real? Well, I mean, from my perspective, like when you work at agencies and things like that, that's that's pretty common practice. To text that not, you need to not go text, potty? not text. That they had they have like computer systems that track time codes and like. Well, I mean, like for what we do, a lot of times you get paid hourly, so you kind of okay. have to keep track of a lot of that. But when you're at an agency, it's they want to make sure that they're tracking every single number, a hundred percent across the board. This happened to my wife all the time. She goes to a place and, like, she has to clock in at a certain time. And if you go to the bathroom, take a break longer than, like, up, like, longer than five minutes or something like that. You have to clock out another thing. I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And they've got whole computer systems built around it. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. This this company is using, you know, a text. No, no, I realize that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, There's um, websites that you can use, like, on the clock. And you can log in and clock in and out whenever the employee needs to. And it can be tracked by management without having to text everyone that you're going going to lunch. Yes. Yeah. Which I feel, yeah, like you said, micromanaging a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you have to pee, you have to pee. Yeah. I feel feel like this happens a lot with, like, giant corporations, too. Because when I used to do, like, Mm. call center crap, it was, like, it was was very rigidly timed. Okay. Yeah. So... So obviously, I work in small business, so you know. Yeah, we're, well, it's we're a different world when you get into like this, and you can kind of like write your own schedule and stuff like that. But it's it, it happens, right. especially big companies with lots of employees. Okay, so one option is to micromanage. Well, I don't texting wanna... though. That's ridiculous. Right, yeah. te- texting. Hey, everybody, <laughs> I'm, texting. I'm headed to the can. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Hope it came out okay. Clear out. <laughs> okay, so you could choose a much more appropriate method of doing that. Yes, you can. <laughs> and that limits the 40 hours. Yeah. Okay. What about the required, you know, if you were... Who's going through the text messages and, <laughs> and keeping track of it? That's, that's insanity. I... Somebody's job, like almost full time, is to go through a text message thing and pull out like nope nope Jim left it up he was back three minutes later it's been taking him a little longer I, I don't know I'm concerned <laughs> he about his health more <laughs> yeah but you could eliminate that Whose position job just is by that? that cannot be legal <laughs> <laughs> well okay so let, let's thank some department of law or department of labor standards real quick um, department <laughs> of law. all right um so 
if you work over a certain number of hours, you're required to have a 15-minute break. If you work over a certain number of hours, you're required to have a half-hour lunch. And if you're at the eight-hour level, it's two 15-minute breaks and a half-hour lunch. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the 15-minute breaks are paid. Do those count into that 40 hours, I wonder? This is just pondering at this moment. Because they're technically Into paid, the actual, yes. like, labor portion of the thing? like the Right. I would argue, no, that's why you clock out for them. I would say no, no, because it's it, because they all total up to an hour of time right. out of the day, so that it's like in a lot of companies, like uh, ones that you know my wife have has left recently, where it's like that instead of being an eight-hour day from nine to five, it's a nine-hour day, but like, you get an hour that's split up into a half-hour thing and two fifteen-minute chunks, right. which nobody actually takes anyway because who wants to? Okay, all right, it's time for my fifteen-minute break. Right, unless you're a factory <laughs> worker where you can't like drink and go to the bathroom and yeah. that kind of thing, that makes sense for fifteen-minute breaks. Right. Most people will do an hour lunch, yeah, and skip the fifteen-minute break. Right. Okay, but we know. That that's why everyone's clocking in and out. So we can monitor hours and be uber crazy about that. Yes. Option one. Option two, we can suck it up and just pay them the time and a half. Yes. If it's a position that, you know, they only work maybe five, ten hours of overtime, you can just absorb that. Right. That's not a huge deal. But if it's your support staff at tax time in an accounting office when they might work 60 or 70 hours. Yes, that is a big issue. It's a big concern. Yes. Because there are two months out of the year where they're not just working a couple hours extra here and there. Yes. So. And in the agency world, it's it's similar to that because if you've got a giant client with deep pockets that comes into an agency and all of a sudden it's all hands on deck for like two straight weeks of like 12-hour, 15-hour days, which happens pretty regularly a lot of agencies, you know, and you're not getting any kind of overtime for that. I mean, that's, I mean, you're getting paid 40 hours a week, period. Right. And that's it. And, yeah, and, I mean, all of a sudden, it's not so much worth it. So, no. yeah. No. Okay. So that's option two, suck it up and pay it. Yeah. I like that one. Right. And then option three is the adjusting the salaries. Yeah. If you have an employee that's paid 42 43,000. No can, problem. Yeah. You can bump them up and then not have to worry about it. Right. Now, what about the others that are a little more middle of that range? Like what's the analysis to whether or not to do that? Um the analysis would be would be how many hours of overtime do you think that they'll work during the year hmm. versus how much it'll take to get them above that threshold. Which is the least expensive option hmm. so if okay okay that makes sense so you're really crunching the numbers to see what saves the company the most money yes okay um are there anything any so at 47 476 that's um i think we worked out i think it says 455 per week to 913 a week is what the change is yes okay so that's a big deal and then this new law that goes into effect, it'll automatically update this threshold of the 47,476 every three years based on a whole list of factors. 
Yeah, so you're going to have to reevaluate that every three years. So it's almost, I mean, it's almost bigger than a minimum wage increase. Hmm. I mean, really, wow. if you think about it, because there are minimum wage jobs, but a lot of jobs are in that we're below 40. Right. That 25 to 45 range. Right. That, that, I mean, that's a big hit for a small business. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So are you suggesting to all your small business clients that they come in and we then talk this through? Yeah. I mean, it's important to talk it through before December 1st, before the change happens, because we can help you leverage the changes to see which saves you the most money as a small business owner. Hmm. Makes sense. All right, so we're at crunching all of that. Um, other things, I guess, then really thinking through some of the laws, the big one that has been affecting everyone recently, well, last couple years, is Obamacare and the cost of health care. Oh, it's so fun. God. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like apolitically, it's, it's a fiasco. Just, I mean, it doesn't really matter where you come down on the whole thing. I mean, it's just, it's caused, it's changed a, a ton of things and everything's kind of in upheaval right now. So it's been, it's been a big deal. Right. Are you seeing businesses using the Obamacare website to buy insurance and getting the tax credit for it? Um, I haven't seen too many small businesses. One of the big problems with using the Obamacare website is um, individuals who purchase through there, they have to put in their income. If right. they're off in their income, then they, if they put too less of income in that website mm -hmm. and it comes to tax time, they have to pay that money back. Right. And a lot of people don't know that. Right. Are you seeing businesses take um, the small business health care tax credit um, and shop marketplace? Yes. Um, that is one tax credit that a lot of small businesses don't know about is you can get a tax credit if you provide insurance for your employees based on how many employees you have, if you go through Obamacare, and um, how much as an employer you're covering for your business or for your employees. Right. So if I remember right, the requirements for a small business to get the health health care tax credit is you have fewer than 25 full-time equivalent employees, pay an average wage of less than $50,000 a year on average. So you can have people making more than that. And then you pay at least half of an employee's health insurance premium. So there's a lot of businesses that that qualifies for. I no. mean, I know I qualify for it, and I didn't mm. even know this existed until recently. Yeah, and um, with Obamacare, if you're an employer of 50 or more, you're required to provide health insurance. Right. But mm. if you have less than 50 employees, you're not required. But if you do provide it, that's a tax deduction, mm -hmm. and you can qualify for this credit. Right. Mm. So... 50 employees is a magic number in the legal world because that's when FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act, uh, kicks yes. in. That's also when the you must offer 
health insurance kicks in. Yeah. 50 is the magic number. And it may not be 50 all under one entity. So, hmm. for instance, I have two companies. I am the owner. If I had 50 total between the two companies, I would then be hit with hmm. FMLA and be required. Interesting. To pay health insurance or to huh. offer health insurance. And that's just not 50 employees. It's 50 full-time equivalent, equivalent. employees. Right. Hmm. And for full-time equivalent, they consider full-time to be 30 hours. Right. So that's the other big thing that's been going on the last few years, that when Obamacare came out, a lot of people that had been at 36, 38, you know, in that upper 30 mark, businesses started monitoring their hours, say, nope, you're 30. Yeah. So they lost hours. Hmm. But they, they're... Full time, they can't yeah. be over thirty because at that or twenty nine and a half, because they don't want to have to do anything with health insurance. Huh. So it's it's hurt a lot of people yeah. because businesses couldn't afford the health insurance, so they're like, yeah, we'll just keep everyone down below the required levels. Right. And I know a few com bigger companies that have actually done that. Yeah. Whew. Yep. Made for unhappy employees. Not surprising. Right. Um, so with the this uh, <clears throat> visit healthcare.gov um, to look up the shop marketplace, so that's where the small businesses can shop for health insurance and then get the tax credit. Mm -hmm. Now, I've heard mixed reviews on the type of coverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not super awesome a lot of times you can run into you can actually get better coverage by contacting the companies directly rather than going through healthcare.gov right. um i know that that's been an issue it's but i don't know i think it kind of depends on the situation for a lot of companies too and what their employees needs are and that sort of thing and, right and also there's in private insurance agents that can help you with determining private health insurance or Obamacare. Right. And there's also some that are creative. We call this creative financing. This will make Amy cringe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's say you have a small company, you know, three to five employees. Well, and let's say they're all right under the level where Obamacare will subsidize what they're getting what the cost of their health insurance is by not offering a group policy and instead raising their salary or their hourly rate by just a little saves you money. They still get the subsidy for their health insurance and everybody wins. Yeah. As long as you can get good. So coverage. basically what you're saying is you raise the salary up enough to cover what the cost of health insurance is, is essentially basically putting the putting it in the employee's hands right right and you do that and you kind of help them by bringing in the in health insurance person that can help them with yeah. the website who can yeah. do all of these things but then they are you're kind of subsidizing yeah the cost so that's another option for small businesses who are just freaking out about all this okay um now what's what is the downside of that okay so downside now you're paying more in income tax sure yes yep um the employer's match is higher 
for okay. taxes. Um, and if you raise it too high, that person doesn't qualify for Obamacare and subsidies anymore. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. So there's, wow. Know, there's a balancing act. You got to crunch the numbers, yeah. just like. You know, the raise in the whether or not you have to pay overtime. You have to crunch the numbers to really figure out. Sure. Are, am I keeping Sally? Am I going to pay her 47476 yeah. Or am I going to pay her what she's always made and just pay her extra for overtime? Right. Or am I just going to mandate she is not allowed to work overtime? Yeah. But if I do that, then what's the impact yeah. on the business? Yep. It's a lot of stuff yeah. happening. Yeah. And what a lot of businesses will do, especially in my line of work, is they'll go, okay, you can't work overtime, but we'd really like you to volunteer your extra time to kind of come in and work. And you know it's a BS oh, thing. Yeah, I've heard not, it before. No. Not okay. No. no. Don't no. do that, businesses. And most employees don't know that that's an issue. Yeah. So um, law side here. Yeah. If you do that as a business... You can be get you can be turned into wage an hour hmm. because a disgruntled employee can say they paid me only forty hours a week. I worked sixty. Here's my time records. Go get them. Yeah, and you're going to be on the hook. Yep, and it's not going to be fun. Yep, and then somebody like me or Amy or list of other people have to go defend you, and you spend lots of money, and it is no good. Yeah. Don't yeah. do that. Don't yeah, do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do right. that. <laughs> that will get you in trouble. Um, we have a fly flying around, <laughs> so if you heard it clap, <laughs> trying to get it. It's always high tech around here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any other concerns for taxes or small businesses, really, with this change? Because this is going to now drive taxes up. Yeah. I mean, if your employee is used to making... 40, 42,000, their spouse makes uh, something similar, yeah, something. right? something. And both your wages increase, that could push you into another tax bracket. Right. And that's a big deal. Yes. So you're, they are now paying more taxes. Well, and especially, I would imagine for like, I mean, if you have an employee who are who's you're paying thirty thousand dollars a year, and let's just say their spouse makes forty, so we're at seventy, and that you know this person actually works like eighty hours a week, and you can't function without that eighty hours a week. But at thirty thousand dollars a year, you can't afford to just take their pay them overtime, right? Because that's going to double, triple, almost. Well, yeah. Right, so you will either have to bump up their pay to the forty-seven four seventy-six, or hire another employee to work those other hours. Right, which will cost you even more. And there's training time and everything else. Mm. So Man. these are complicated things, which is why, again, go talk to your accountant. Make sure you are ready to go yep. for December first, because this will bite you yeah. if you don't. Yeah. Got a little over a month and a half now at this point. So, you know, at the time that we're recording this anyway. So go out and do it. Take care of it. Right. Absolutely. Um, same thing, health insurance. Now is, you know, really, now's the time to start quoting, figuring out your group policies, doing all of those numbers. Because that's a big tax deduction. Um, so you really, and it's a big expense. If we talk about cash flow, 
Whew. Health insurance. Huh. I spend $1,500 a month alone. That's more than rent <laughs> on health insurance for the company. And there's That's only crazy. two of us uh, on the health insurance. <laughs> right. That's a ridiculous price. Don't don't try, try to save more money than that. Yes. Talk hmm. to an insurance expert. Yes. And I did that. And I'm still paying that. So be creative. Look at all options. Yep. Very important things. Solid advice. Yes. Um, are, what are what are the other big expenses that a small business should be reviewing right this time of year as they're planning for next year, doing their budget? Yes, you should do an annual budget. Side note, this is a great time to be looking at numbers and putting together the annual budget for next year. All small businesses should have one. Um, this is a good time of year to talk about tax structure. structure. Mm-hmm. Um, your entity structure. Yes. We mentioned that last time. S-Corp, sole prop. Yes. Sole um, proprietorship, to be clear. Financial planning. Mm, yeah. Retirement plans for your employees. Also good. Employees will never retire. They'll just keep working forever. <laughs> for yeah. free. Yeah. That, that, that's how that works. <laughs> it's also a good time of year, like we talked about before, to look at equipment purchases. Equipment, real estate, big capital investments. Yes. Um, so those are all important things to plan for. Um, or if you know you're going to be having those big expenses next year, let's look now to make sure that that's all properly funded and structured properly versus, or not even just structured, let's make sure the books look the way they need to to be able to get you approved for next year because yeah. ta accountants love to save taxes which is great but if the company's filing at a loss every year hard to get financing yeah and they don't want you to do that anyways you want right. to show a profit but you know especially if you're in your first couple years you have a lot of costs yeah. that you get to write off which is great yeah but then you go to buy a house you go to buy any sort of real estate and you filed at a loss. Hmm. Mortgage lenders don't like that. Yeah. No, they do not. No. So you want to talk to your accountant to make sure, yes, there could be tax savings, but is there anything that we can do to make the company appear more profitable, even though we know we're possibly going to have more of a tax liability? Hmm. But per, for purposes of our other plans, we can move these deductions to next year. Right. Or we'll hold off on doing A, B, C, and D until January Yeah. to make sure 2016 looks lovely on paper. Yeah. And it's always good to talk to your accountant or attorney before you do something. Well in advance. <laughs> so <laughs> impulse buying when it comes to big things, not not smart. No, and farmers <clears throat> love that. Far farmers especially. Hey, I bought a $180,000 piece of equipment. Great. <laughs> right now? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Did you, how'd you title that? Oh, it's in your personal name. <laughs> okay. Right, see. I'm laughing like I get the joke, but I don't. <laughs> these these are all things that are big deals and they can affect how how you title something is important. Mm 
Um, so if you're running a farming operation, Bob's Family Farms, LLC. And then you buy a piece of equipment under Bob Smith. It's not in the company, per uh, se. You can't do... Okay. Oh, and sense. then if you run over someone with that combine, mm. it's titled in your personal name. Oh, it's bad. That's right? bad. Yeah. So, liability issues. Titling's important. Same thing if you're making those big purchases, making sure they're held in the right company. Because one thing that a, ter- a lot of businesses will do is they will buy equipment through one company and rent it to their other company. Yes. That creates sound- a complicated situation. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't sound like the best idea. No, but mm. people do this. Hence, talk to the accountant and attorney <laughs> ahead of time. Yeah. Smart move. Way to be. Yeah. So good. All right. Any other words of wisdom? Or does that cover our, let's make sure our small businesses are in order? Amy, we did this in the last episode, but uh, one more time, how, how do people get a hold of you? Um, you can get a hold of us through our website, www.romincpas.com. Or and that's thr- R-O-M-I-N-E. Yes. CPAs. Yeah. Yes. And, or through our Facebook page, like us, send us a message. Or contact one of our offices in Reynoldsburg, Pickerington, or Circleville, Ohio. And that is local here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, but they do work uh, nationally, um, and they can do some work internationally, but probably nothing super No, that's just when there's an international issue. Right. Complicating your U.S. tax. Yes. So wanted to make sure I was hitting all all the high notes there. Very nice. Yes. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to your joke of the week where he insults us all. (laughs) Um, But first, as always, a little housekeeping. Please follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook. That is our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, suggest topics, ask questions, etc., etc. If you are already following us, thank you. We love you. Uh, we would also, uh, you can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to including putting out the fine print with Attorney General out every single week. I almost forgot the name of the show there um, oh, that I'm on. That. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, it's, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Almighty Ben on Twitter. Jen is not on Twitter, will never be on Twitter. Stop looking for her. And if you see anything on there that is her, it's probably a fake account that I've set up to make stupid jokes. Eh, That's not probably. true. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. My lawyer tells me I'm not allowed to say things like that. (laughs) If you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. And if you you like our show and enjoy it greatly, follow us every week. All that good stuff, please go over to iTunes, rate, and review us. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. It does indeed. Uh, Finally, we would like to thank all of our listeners thank you so 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 much it's awesome that you guys are sticking with us and everything it's it we, we can't wait to come up with new content for you thank you so so much um it's it, if, if you know anybody who might benefit from the show maybe share with them and uh you know just it's it's an easy network to get into it's like one of those things where oh well, here's this episode on whatever it might be and then they listen to that and oh i kind of like that and i'd like to know about one of these other things so it, it would help so sharing is caring. Please make that happen. Jen, do you want to hear this week's lawyer joke of the week? Can't wait. Okay. What's the difference between a good lawyer and a bad lawyer? No idea. A bad lawyer can drag a case out for several years. A good lawyer can make it last even longer. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I, I would qualify that last one as a bad lawyer. Yeah. 
Well, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, I'm Ben Edenthal. And until next week, I am Attorney Jen Rout, reminding you, as always, ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.